0: Hi, this is Bruce Clark, host of Twip Weddings. You're listening to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for This Week in Photo is brought to you by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. TWiP is also brought to you by Panasonic Lumix Cameras, changing photography for the next generation, and by lynda.com. Learn what you want, when you want, with access to thousands of high-quality and easy-to-follow video tutorials, including many about photography. Do something good for yourself in 2015 and sign up for a free 10-day trial by visiting lynda.com TWiP. And FreshBooks, the easy-to-use invoicing solution that's helping freelancers and small business owners get organized and save time invoicing. To try FreshBooks for free, just go to FreshBooks.com TWIP, and when you sign up, enter TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Before we dive into this week's show, here's a quick look at what's happening on the Twip Network. First up, over on the candid frame of Arian X, Perillo sits down with a panel of photographers, including Colin Westerbeck and photographer and educator Julia Dean, to discuss street photography. And on Twip Family, Jenny talks to Kirsten Lewis about documenting your family. And on Twip Talks, I sit down with Nate Grahek to discuss his newest venture, Sticky Apps. And on TWIP Weddings, Bruce, Robert, and Brian talk about working with second shooters and assistants. And on The Fix, download your free silhouette preset pack and then learn how to shoot and process your silhouette photos with ace photographer Erica Thornes. And on Street Focus, it's a Streets of the World episode, this time focusing on Tokyo. All that and more is happening this week on the Twip Network. You can subscribe to any or all of our shows over at thisweekinphoto.com slash subscribe. This is Twip, episode 422, Google Photos, Mirrorless, and Kickstarter PTSD. As expected, Google has announced definitive plans to end of life their Google Plus Photos product, Now, this is not the new and amazing Google Photos product they just launched, but rather the legacy photos bit that was part of its now hospice-located Google Plus social network. On this show, I take the opportunity to do a touch base with the panel to see how and if they're using the new Google Photos and their overall perception of it. And in the world of mirrorless, Panasonic have announced a new flagship photographer's camera, the GX8. You may note that their flagship camera, targeted at video professionals, is the Lumix GH4. The GX8 shoots 4K video and photo and has a new first-of-its-kind 20.3 megapixel sensor, as well as other enhancements over its predecessor, the Lumix GX7. Now, remember, though Panasonic is a sponsor of this episode, they have had no input in our opinions. And in other mirrorless news, a new company called Z Camera have introduced plans to build, via Kickstarter funding, the E1. And that's what they're claiming will be the world's smallest 4K-capable micro four-thirds camera. Now, here to discuss Google Photos, Panasonic's Lumix GX8, and the Z-Camera E1, I'm joined by Lee Herbert from CapturingPassion.com, Mr. Evgeny Chabotarov from 500pix.com, and Mr. Jefferson Graham, the host and producer of USA Today's Talking Tech and Talking Your Tech. It's Monday, July 20th, 2015, and this is TWIP. All right, guys. Uh, this is going to be a really interesting show. We're going to dive right in. First off, uh, the number one story that I have in the the uh, the show notes here to talk about is Google once again. So Google Plus specifically, um, Google Plus Photos is shutting down now. Just to be clear, it's not Google Plus. The uh, you know the entire network or Google Photos, it is the photo section that was grafted into Google+ plus that they're end of lifing. They're going to turn it off starting on August one, and according to Google, this is vi- this comes to us via TechCrunch. They are going to shut off Android, then shortly thereafter, the web and iOS versions will will go off. So. Uh, first off, Jefferson Graham, like I said in that intro there, you are a friend of the show, you do talking tech for USA Today, you're plugged into all kinds of stuff. We haven't talked about Google Plus at all, even though we've been friends for, I don't know, five, six, seven, ten years or whatever. Tell me what you think of this. I mean, is, so Google, this obviously, they, they rolled out Google Photos and it made sense to turn off Google Plus Photos, but overall, what's your perception of Google Plus going forward? Well, my, always, my worry about Google is that they're really into something in a big way
1: and then boom, it's gone. Yeah. And yeah. They, they've done this so many times. And Google Plus, they were all about photographers, photographers, photographers. Then they, then they got tired of Google Plus and they put all their energy into Google Photos, which is a pretty good app. And they want everyone going to Google Photos now. Google Plus is a shell of its former selfie, Even though here we are, we're on Google Plus. Yeah, what? no, we're on Hangouts. We're on Hangouts, which could be Hangout. a separate product entirely someday too, right? <laughs> That's right. And, and Hangouts still exists, which is which is cool. Um, you know, it, it was inevitable when they it, at the I/O conference when they announced Google um, when they announced the Google, the Google Photos app that this was going to happen. It was inevitable, even though they denied it at the time. It's yeah. sad, but it's it's Google.
0: Yeah, they put a lot of resources into it. Yeah, I mean, that, and you echo what I've said, too. I mean, I love, I mean, we, I don't think this show would be possible. Well, it would be possible, but it would be harder to do without Google products. I mean, we're using, we're recording in Hangouts. We have our show notes that we're all looking at right now in Google Docs, and we're collaborating there. I mean, my email is through Google. I mean, there's a lot of Google in my life, right? So I want to, I want to. Well, Jefferson's answering his phone because he's a big USA Today reporter, you know, <laughs> breaking news. Yevgeny Chabotarov from 500px. Uh, what about you, man? I mean, I you know you – how do you – like from 500px.com or 500 px depending on who you ask, how does your company position itself against like a Google Photos or do you guys care? Is it just the, they're free and consumer and you guys are not? What, what's the positioning
2: there? Yeah, I think there's there's multiple things to this. Um, so Google Photos is an exceptionally well-made photo app, and uh, I used it over three weeks to upload all my photos. It took that long over Wi-Fi to upload all the library, uh, but it's not a social app, right? And I think they that's the overall aspect of what Google is best at. They have incredible engineers. They have they like to solve in you know the most complex world problems that nobody else other than Google can solve but they, they don't get the social aspect of that and we've seen uh, Google Buzz, uh, Google Wave, Google this, Google Plus and uh, yeah. Yeah. every time I think it's just kinda like it's impossible to do the top-down approach. You cannot just have a platform and make it social, right? It's not like Apple Pink uh, tried doing the same thing and just like it doesn't work, it has to be uh, more like a bottom-up uh, approach where mm-hmm. people themselves try to figure out things and make it more social for themselves if they feel like being there. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think overall and that, that's where Hangouts are coming from you know it was the integrated product and eventually we'll see it as a separate app or as a separate kind of like piece of software Uh, and Google Photos is a separate software, and...
1: Well, Hangouts is actually a separate software
2: now. Yeah, so, like, and, like, there's corporate clients using Hangouts and things like this. So, like, eventually, uh, it just will become, like, pieces of platform that just work for some clients and uh, uh, people like, like software. Use it software.
0: It's, yeah, yeah it's software it's it's different pieces of software running on an operating system which is it's Google I mean, you can choose which apps you need Lee Herbert what about you man what do, where, do you, where do you where do you weigh in on all this Google+ Plus and the photos piece of it are your photos in Google+ Plus? do you care what do you think <laughs>
3: Uh, well, unfortunately I am in the badlands of the internet down here in Australia, so I started uploading my photos to Google Photos about a month ago, and we're about 6,000 down and about 60,000 to go.
0: Oh, jeez. Yeah. Easily. I think, I think uh, Pluto, Pluto might have more bandwidth than you have down there. Man. <laughs>
3: It's entirely possible. There's these are photos that I'm actually drawing onto the screen, so you can see
0: <laughs> one <laughs> pixel at a time across <laughs> one the. Pond. Pixel
3: at a time. Yeah. Um.
1: I uploaded all my pictures. It didn't take that long. I guess I have a much better connection, and I, I did multiple. I mean, many tens of t- tens of gigs.
2: Yeah. So yeah. Well, you're. I mean, look you, at where you, you are. From Australia to United States. Yeah, yeah upload all your photos and fly back, yeah, and the bandwidth will
0: be a lot higher. Lee, you could just copy all your files over to a drive and then fly here, and then <laughs> upload, I, I, upload that,
3: So Yeah, that would go down well with the wife. Um, yeah. But getting back to photos, um, I do have it on my phone, so I, I use an iPhone, but I, I've got Google Photos on there, so every photo I'm taking um, with my phone is automatically uploaded. The thing that I really like, what I found interesting was you know, most of the people that that we probably all deal with are photographers and techie people, but I actually had someone come, we had a ceremony a couple of days ago with my my son, and one of my parents-in-law's friends who, a more senior gentleman, um, less tech-savvy, came up to me and showed me, oh, have you seen this amazing thing that Google has done with my photos? It just took my photos and it made a movie out of them, and... I think, you know, us professionals kind of look at it and go, meh, 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 it's not that impressive. But for majority of people, it's magic. Yeah. So yeah. I think from that point of view, it's really cool. The other angle is with them killing off the one photos but not the other photos but keeping the name. It's like when I was working at Apple and the new iPad was the new iPad but the old iPad was still, oh, God, name in market. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was just wondering how your audience feels about what happens on Google Photos. Yes, you can upload all your pictures for free, but when you download them they're at, what, what are they half the resolution, a quarter of the resolution? I mean we're talking about major major resolution downgrades. Uh, I haven't had any bad situations, but I'm shocked sometimes to find a 300 kilobit photo that was at one time 10 megabytes.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's interesting. And the, the other thing that you hit on, Jeff, was the, the whole idea of, you know, all the services that have come and gone. And we've talked about this on, on Twip before, and I worry about that. Even I mean, you guys aren't immune, but you guys, you are on the upper echelon because I'd rather pay some dollars to be – you know, to ensure that a service is going to be around and that there's an, a viable business model then have it be an experiment from some MBA, you know, that's like, hey, let's try this and launch this. Give give me all your base are belong to us, and then suddenly they don't, you know, it's over. So, you know, I worry about that. Do you, do you, Do you guys have any backlash with that? I mean, like, in terms of people like, you know what, I don't trust the cloud at all.
2: Uh, sure. I mean, like, you know, we've seen so many companies going down and they're shutting all the all the time. Mm. Um, that's actually why we created a special, uh, code for TwipFans. Twip oh, and 15. what is that code? <laughs> it gives you 15% off your Plus or Awesome subscription for TwipFans. And so there's a lot that, of those.
0: Just so people hear that, so, and I didn't know he was going to do this, so TwipFan15, <laughs> we'll give twip fans 15% off a 500 px account or 500 P account what's the uh, of which account any of the accounts any
2: plus awesome yeah
3: love it if so, what happens if we try twip fan 100
2: <laughs> uh, you probably should or talk to me after this show <laughs> <laughs> yeah twip fan
0: 100 triggers an email to yevgeny <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: very uh, cool. but it just it, you know cloud is there to stay that's for sure Uh, but a lot of business models that uh, people are trying and we have been trying different business models as well uh, not all of them is going to be sustainable or none of them are sustainable with like specific user bases and that's kinda like the chicken and egg problem you need a lot of uh, users in order to massively uh, scale and have the, you know, when Google Photos are giving away all the storage for free, you know it's not free, so they have to uh, figure out the ways to make money, but for Google, they have a lot of money, so they'll, you know, they'll either figure it out or they'll close it down. Like, totally, to, and know, that's to what we're so. saying. It's
0: like with Apple right. and Apple Music, right? Jeff, we talked about this when I was on tech on, on your show talking tech. They, uh, they've got seemingly unlimited money, right? So even if Apple Music fails, they were like, eh, whatever, you know, we found the money in the cushion of the couch and we tried it, it, didn't work. But they can do these unreasonable kind of business models that normal mortals can't attempt because they have all the money in the world, right? So
1: I'm with, I'm with you on spending money because I was doing, I was uploading everything to Google Photos and that's great, it's fine, and I've got it there, but I can't find anything. There's no labels, there's no albums. You know, you've had Smug Bug on the show many times, right, Frederick? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay you you make an album, you make a gallery, you know where your pictures are and they're at full resolution and it's not that expensive, and it's so much easier and uh, the other day I said why am I putting more stuff on SmugMug, why am I just automatically throwing everything onto Google Photos where I can't find anything?
2: Yeah. yeah. Did, did you know, Jefferson, that it searches things that you don't even have labels for so one thing you can search if you were in Canada, you can search things like uh, snow Toronto and it will find photos that has snow and shot in Toronto so yeah, there's well, some really that. really smart algorithms that are applied uh, to yeah. that so you eventually you wouldn't need labels in the future so that's kind of like where it's going for it's theoretically yes it does a
1: lot of really cool things but then you go to Santa Fe, New Mexico and you take a bunch of pictures and you type in Santa Fe and nothing comes up because mm-hmm. you I took them on the camera not on the smartphone and they didn't have so same. Saying-
3: Google doesn't know the way to Santa Fe.
0: Oh, God, I knew it was coming.
3: <laughs> I knew it. I was counting the numbers. <laughs> I'm a dad. I can make dad jokes now.
0: But their their algorithms are – they're not based on GPS data. Well, I mean, they, they will take that into account, but they're looking at the photos themselves, right? You I mean, they're looking for photos. Like if you say, I want to see all – I want to see trees, it will bring you photos of trees, Exactly. Right? or, yeah, or yeah. on and on. Plus it does – the in defense of Google Photos, they do face recognition, so which is kind of scarily accurate, because like as I, you'll see, Lee, not, not. as as your baby gets older, it's gonna recognize the photos of it when he's in. He is it a baby? Is it a girl or a boy? It's a boy. So when he's in college, it's gonna recognize the photos from today, assuming Google's still around and that pho- that service <laughs> yeah. still exists. So. Yeah. Daddy can't afford college anyway. <laughs> yeah. That's why you got to start working then. No, it's a, it, it's interesting, this this whole thing, but yeah, I think the bottom line for me is as I learn more about these, these new free services are compelling and they're awesome. I mean, like, there's no denying Google Photos is awesome and all the features in there are just really compelling, but, you know, the, the black helicopter, you know, conspiracy theorist in me looks at it and like, okay, look, their machines are looking at my data, Google runs on data, what are they going to do with that data, do they care? Can I trust them? I'm sure I can, but you know, I trusted Target too, and they,
3: you know. So the thing is, there's there's two things on that. If I can just go back a step, yeah, uh, Frederick, you, you and Jeff were talking about, you know, you'd rather pay for something, and yeah. I think definitely for paying, you probably get better features. But just because, as if was saying, if they don't hit critical mass, even if you pay for it, that service could go out of business. So yeah. nothing. But at is... least
0: you have someone to complain to, like with Yevgeny, Guinea with, with my 500 pics account, I feel like. Something goes wrong with it. I can yell at somebody, you know, and I have yeah. something to stand on. I can be like, "Hey, I pay you guys." Even I know you gave me a great account. That you're getting, but and,
2: I <laughs> and, and and it always happens on Twitch show, and it happens live. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. But you can yell at somebody when it's free. You're kind of like, you know, beggars can't yeah. be choosy. You know, so I don't know. I don't know. It's it's yeah. a. And then people, not everyone has the money to pay a monthly fee for a service, you know, so these free services that are ad supported or otherwise supported make a lot of sense for people that are like, you know, I just want a free way to organize my photos. Google Photos comes in and gives them this thing that was never in existence before, and it just crushes it.
1: So. Fine, and as we know, we're Facebook friends. There's nothing easier than putting a picture on Facebook and getting instant likes. It's wonderful. And I've never, you know, all my life, I've never seen anything like this. You can show your pictures, and people comment on them. How great yeah. is that? And then you want to pull them down. And, yeah. And they're what are they? They're one twenty-fifth of the original resolution. I mean, yeah. you're. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you get what you pay for. So
0: yeah there's still no perfect solution we talk about backup all the time on this show and where to put your images and redundancy you, they gotta be in the cloud and they have to be local and they gotta be off-site and on-site there's there's no holy grail yet you know it's a huge opportunity there's no holy grail turnkey solution for us to feel safe about our digital data whether it's you know it could be music if you're a musician and you're creating all these bits all the time how do you back it up and how do you share it and all that so I don't know. We're still. I feel like we're still in the infancy, the infancy of all this stuff in a lot of ways. Um, let's move on to story number two, guys. So story number two is about Panasonic. They, I think, was it last week? They released or announced their newest Micro Four Thirds camera, and that was the GX8. So I'm going to read from our show notes from Tech Times. Panasonic unveiled their new mirrorless camera that touts a 20.3 megapixel sensor, making it the first Micro Four Thirds camera to have such a large sensor. Uh, the resolution is 3840 by 2160 at 30 frames per second, or 24 in MP4 for the video, um, which is obviously 4K. And then also it has uh, dual, and this is new too, a dual image stabilizer. So to date, like Olympus has like magical image stabilization built into their camera bodies on the om EM1, and the EM5, which just works. It's industry standard setting. Panasonic came in with their GX7 and added image stabilization into the body, but it just, you know, it was never Olympus. You know, it was it was a good first step. But now they moved forward and said, okay, not only are we going to stabilize in the body, but if you have a lens that's stabilized, we're going to use that data too, where traditionally it's been one or the other. You can either use in-body or on camera for these things. Now you can use them both together. And, you know, I was looking at a video on the camera store TV on their uh, – on their YouTube channel, and it works really, really well. So they're saying they're going to sell this thing for $1,200, which is, you know, it's a lot. And the G7, which they just announced a couple of weeks ago, is around the $800 price range. So, you know, it's it's interesting. Uh, Jeff, I going to throw this to you first. I know when I was down there in your studios, you were talking about that you are still in the DSLR camp. When you see news like this... Actually in both,
1: because I'm a 5D shooter, Canon 5D, and I also have the A7S, so I go back and forth. Uh, Probably think I was using the 5D with... No, I was using the Sony when, when, I, when I saw you guys. Yeah, so, yeah. I love the Sony. I mean, it's, it's a fantastic camera.
0: And that's what everyone says. They love their Sonys. The only thing they don't love about those Sonys is the battery life so far. Well, the yeah.
1: battery life is horrendous. I mean, <laughs> you've, never, you've never seen a camera this bad. Even, I mean, forget about video. Just even for photos, you're going to last an hour. So even if you can get an hour out of it, 5D, I can go for 10, 12 hours, which yeah. is amazing. But, you know, the camera comes with two batteries. Uh, you you just you need to leave the house with a battery charger with you at all times.
0: Jeez. Or thirty batteries in your pocket. <laughs>
1: right. uh, just to have a charger, yeah, yeah, and, a, and another battery. So I mean, you, yeah. you're pretty old, but I've run out of battery so many times.
0: It's yeah. Still. So what did what did you what did you think about this G8? I'm I'm assuming you read the article on it. It's probably not this camera is not, camera's not designed for you, but it's a groundbreaking camera. Twenty point three megapixel sensor. All Micro Four Thirds cameras to date have been sixteen. Whatever and change megapixels. This one's up to 20 now. Do you care? Is it just like, oh yeah, whatever? You guys are shooting in the dark.
1: The A7S is 12 megapixel and it yeah. looks fabulous. So uh, I think it really depends on the size of the pixel and and what you know. I don't as always. What what the, what are the images going to look like? Yeah. And, um, the GH4 I think you, you guys had uh, when we mm-hmm. saw each other. Um, yeah. Fantastic for video. I thought the stills were were so, so it were. You know, great in, in available in natural light, mm-hmm. uh, but terrible in the evening. And so it'll be interesting to see what the image quality is on the new camera.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm interested to see it as well. I wanna I'm gonna play around with it and get my hands on it. Uh, Lee, what about you? I mean, you, uh, where do where do you sit in the mirrorless versus non mirrored world?
3: Uh, well, here's my A7S. There you go. Here's my GX7, and here's my GH4. Oh, um, So, yeah, I I I made the switch about it about a year and a half ago. Um, mm-hmm. I actually started with with uh, an E-M1, and I loved that camera for stills. It's a beautiful yeah. camera for stills. But my my bread and is video, so I sold that and got the GH4. I think this is an interesting camera. I'm interested more in the technology that it's bringing rather than the, than the camera itself. Sure. Um, because number one, I noticed that they're saying the body is a little bit bigger. So it's interesting that, okay, well you're giving us more megapixels, which aren't necessarily a good thing or a bad thing, but they're, they're a number. But you're making the body bigger and one of the big selling points of mirrorless was now the bodies and the lenses get to be smaller. So if you say to us, oh well next year we'll give you a mirrorless camera with 50 megapixels but it's the size of a 1DC (laughs) what's the point?
0: Yeah, yeah, it's going the other direction yeah, yeah. you know I think who was it on the show? I forget who it was, might have been Joseph Linaski or someone was saying that you know initially the big selling point for mirrorless was that it was the weight savings and the size and all that stuff but and that's still true to a very large degree, but that's becoming less and less the selling point as they add these these new features and they get bigger and glass gets bigger. You know, it's just becoming, you know. Hopefully, one day we'll just get to a point where all these cameras are just called cameras, and you don't have to distinguish that it's a mirrorless camera or, you know, it's just yeah. a camera. And it's the whole, you can
1: buy the right one. The whole point of buying one of these things is it's half the size of your SLR. Yeah, you know. it, you know, it's so much. You know, it's so much more fun to travel with. You yeah, was travel. It's really really the top top use case. Yeah.
0: So Lee, when you when you saw this, I thought about you actually, because you're you're our kind of our resident video guy. And looking at this, I was like, oh, this Lee's gonna love this camera. It's beautiful. It's got a big gorgeous sensor on it. It's four K. But they put a little tiny one eighth audio jack on it.
3: Did you see that? Like why? Oh, oh but wait, there's more. There's, so the audio the audio jack is two point five general audio jacks are 3.5 so you need an adapter yeah secondly if you get a european model it's locked with that silly 29 minute limit because in europe if a camera records more than 29 minutes of video it counts as a video camera so it gets taxed more so they won't let you record more than 29 minutes of video with the european models okay. also so and it's not a dual pal or ntsc so you're either going to rec- get one that records 24 30 or 60 frames or you get one that does twenty-five and fifty. So okay. it's so it, it's it's on the one hand internal four K, yay, better in low light on a micro four th- four third sensor, awesome. Um, it, it's kind of it's it's getting there, but they've done a couple of other things where, it, like as a hobbyist, go for it. It looks like an amazing camera. As a professional, I wouldn't touch it.
0: <laughs> yeah, but on on that on that same rant though the. That's why they, you know, Panasonic would say, well, that's why we have the GH4. If you need all those things, then you are a GH4 customer. This camera is not for you. So,
3: yeah. But what's interesting, the thing is, like, again, with 4K, although Panasonic's been really good, like, the 4K that comes out of my A7S, which you've got to get externally, the files are pretty big. That's something that people don't think about when they talk 4K, that, you know, your files get pretty big, your computer needs to be fairly grunty, you're going to need more hard drives. Having said that, Panasonic, I know the GH4 files are relatively about the same size as the video that you get out of 5D Mark III.
1: Yeah, but Lee, Lee, how is the video quality on the 4K GH4 versus the 4K on the A7S?
3: Well, that's interesting because if you're going internally, they're about the same, but externally, the GH4 will actually output 10-bit via HDMI, whereas the Sony A7S is only 8-bit all the time. So, but
0: the Sony but A7S that, can
3: see in the dark. <laughs> but it can see in the dark, which is why 80% of the time I'm shooting with that, with the Sony. Yeah, yeah. So, it, like, I wish, I wish I could somehow get these two together in a room and some, you know, Barry White music and get a camera out of these two because... <laughs> that would be like the perfect camera but there is no such thing
0: yeah yeah
1: ask yeah. yeah, one sony question please what lenses are you using with the a7s because that's that's their that's the, the area they need a lot of improvement on mm-hmm.
3: so you know, for slow lens well, city. so so for stills i've i i the, the 35 2.8 um zeiss pretty much lives on there then i've got the 55 1.8 which is also a lovely lens um but when i'm shooting professionally uh, i've got the metabones adapter and then i've got Zeiss and Canon glass that i mount
1: yeah i've been using all my canon lenses on the sony with the adapter and it's amazing how well it works
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i do the same thing with the i'm i'm a micro four third shooter and i on my gh4 and other cameras i have the metabones Nikon adapter, because I also have Nikon gear, so my Nikon lenses go on my cameras, and it works with the added benefit of adding an additional stop of light somehow. I don't know how they do it. I think there's like, you know, dark Imagine energy it. in there or something, but there's it pulls in an extra stop of light when I put this adapter on there, so. I just, you, one, you, one, go,
3: go ahead, Lee, what were you going to say? one final thing. Final thing while I'm having a talk about the Sony, as much as I do love it, uh, we've spoken about the software could be so much better. Um, I actually wrote an article recently on bokeh for um, just how the software could be improved because the software on the Panasonic's, I absolutely love it. So easy to get around.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's what's keeping me over there because I've, you know, been frustrated with software and, you know, that's that's the main interface, or UX, between you and the hardware. Yevgeny, what about you? When you when you saw this little article about the GX8, do you care about it or are you still shooting them with the big cameras?
2: No, I'm really excited about the progress. So I know that the mirrorless is kind of like the future and everybody is, especially if you're in the video camp. You are on mirrorless already, right? Like chances are you're there, and chances are you will not haul around like a bigger, uh, bigger cameras because you get you know all your 4K right away uh, pretty easily. So I'm really excited. I want to switch to mirrorless. I just haven't uh, put a finger on exactly which camera I want to switch it to. Yeah. Uh, some Sony's really excite me but there's too many megapixels that they output and I'm really scared of having like 42 megapixel files on my computer yeah, uh, yeah. and uh, on the other scale you get like 12 megapixel cameras and that kind like, seems not enough for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but, but, but for travel, yeah when you're carrying DSLR and ho- anyone that I talk to they're like I'm just like so tired of hauling this stuff around uh, especially when I want to enjoy the nature or the city or like any kind of scenery and you have to put the backpack with all the stuff and all Good. the filters and cameras yeah. and tripods and it's just like super heavy so that you're having less fun and uh, I think did, we'll forgot you know the... change though,
0: that change? Because I remember when I had, when I mean I still have on my Nikon gear but before I had mirrorless gear it, it seems like I was okay with that, you know. It was like, it was almost like packing my bag was like getting ready to go to battle, you know. I'm putting my M16 in there and my 45 and some ammunition, and all, you know? and it's heavy, but you're like, okay, I'm a photographer and I'm going out on a mission. I'm going to come back with some images. But when mirrorless showed up and we got the alternative of going lighter, then suddenly I was like, and you compare image quality, you know, 20 pounds versus. Five pounds, and it's the same image quality, then you're like, oh, okay. It but feels like you're the relief you want to
2: relieve your army experience, but with the mirrorless. <laughs> yeah, just do it, yeah, it,
0: it like It would have been different. I probably would be yeah. waking up with less back pain these days.
2: <laughs> yeah, just, just walk in the park. Yeah, <laughs> it's,
0: it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Much, interesting. Much
3: yeah.
0: All right, guys, so um, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about. The E one, which is the world's smallest micro four thirds four K camera. And this is a Kickstarter, so I wanna I wanna get your guys or all of your thoughts on this camera as well as Kickstarter campaigns in general. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by FreshBooks, the easy-to-use invoicing solution that's helping freelancers and small business owners get organized and save time invoicing. You can try FreshBooks for free. Just head over to FreshBooks.com TWIP and enter TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section when you sign up. And as I've said on This Week in Photo before... We use FreshBooks as the back end to basically run most of the stuff behind the scenes on this business to keep the lights on and to keep everybody happy. Because as we all know as creative professionals, we're not necessarily focused on capturing our income, expenses, and tracking billable time and all that. And I think the reason that we don't capture all of those things is simple. It's boring. We're creatives. We like fun stuff. We like Photoshop and Lightroom and... You know, all these other cool things that let us express that side of our brain. And thankfully, Freshbook offers us as small business owners a way to quickly and easily keep track of our time and money without disrupting our workflow or you know, sort of messing with our creative juices. With FreshBooks, you can invoice clients. It's easy. You can do it in seconds and expenses can be automatically imported so that you don't have to lift a finger. You're just doing the stuff on the back end while you do other cool stuff. You can even track billable time as easy as starting a timer on your your mobile phone. You can whip up business reports. You can stay on top of your income, expenses, and tax time is coming up. So with a couple of clicks, you can generate reports for your CPA or your accountant so that you're staying out of trouble. So grab some popcorn, learn how to fresh books by watching some of their free getting started webinars. I'm a big fan of webinars and they've got some excellent ones online for you to check out. Once again, if you want to check FreshBooks out, you can just head over to freshbooks.com/twip, enter the code this week in photo or twip in the How did you hear about us section to start your free 30-day trial. All you need is an email address to uh, to try FreshBooks for free for 30 days. Just go over to freshbooks.com/twip and enter twip in the How did you hear about us section. And we want to thank FreshBooks for their support of this week in photo. Alright guys, let's jump into this next story, and this is about the E1. It's the world's smallest micro four-thirds 4K camera. This comes to us from Petapixel, and they say, it's not every day that a startup company launches a new camera to challenge the likes of heavyweights like GoPro and Panasonic, but that's what the Las Vegas-based company Z Camera is doing. They unveiled the 4K-capable E1, the world's smallest micro four-thirds camera that combines the size of a GoPro with the interchangeable lenses of mirrorless cameras. And then they go on to cite some specs, which we'll put in the post. So, Lee, video, man. I mean, when you saw this... Well, first of all, let me give you my thoughts on this. When I saw it, first I saw it on the, on Petapixel, and I looked at the Kickstarter, and I was like, oh, wow, that's cool. I, You know, I could add that to my arsenal of things that I use, since I already have lenses. It's, it's awesome. Then I saw it was a Kickstarter, you know, and I love Kickstarter campaigns, and I love what they're doing, but I look at them like you know, uh, like empty promises until they actually show up. <laughs> so, Lee, what do you think? I mean, were, were you excited about this? or And how do you feel about the Kickstarter aspect of it?
3: I think I think Kickstarter is like investing in the stock market. It's legalized gambling. Yeah,
0: totally.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah I, th- I think a lot of people don't understand that you're not actually buying the product. You're investing, and right. that investment might pay off, and it might not. Yeah. Excuse yep. me. Uh, in terms of the camera, my first thought was, that's cool, T- shut up and take my money. Yeah. But then when I actually thought, and, and again, I'm going to come across as such a new camera curmudgeon, but then I sat down and thought about it, and I was a bit mature and reasonable, mm-hmm, and I thought, okay, well, it almost looks like a GoPro. And the really exciting stuff about GoPros is, is you can stick it in places that if it gets destroyed, you're not too upset about it. Yeah. And it's easy to just pull out of a bag, stick onto something, hit record, and you get something amazing or not. Whereas this, I'm now putting on potentially 1000 know $1, $2,000 lenses. Am I going to be that confident about sticking it onto a skydiver and just seeing what happens? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: Oh, and nor, nor can you focus the camera when it's falling down. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, well, yeah. when, when your shoot doesn't open, the last thing you care about is focus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Depends on who you are, you know. <laughs> <laughs> true,
3: true. Batman. So, yeah. Interesting,
0: yeah. Um, yeah. I, so I, I like that, yeah.
3: Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd love to get one. If I had the disposable income to just go ahead, yeah, let's buy one and see what happens. I'd love to get one of these and have a play with it because it looks like a really cool concept, but I'm not sure what I would use it for that I can't use a GoPro for.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's what I, that's kind of where I netted out too because we're seeing these small cameras show up like this thing, the DxO, talked about, you know, they announced their DxO1 that clamps on your cell phone. There's all this. it's like Vogue to be small now, right? So, Jeff, and no no jokes, Lee, I know you're going to say something. So, <laughs> Jeff, when you saw this, I, you know, I'm thinking as we're preparing for this show, I'm thinking, okay, Jeff's going to have something to say about this because you're the quintessential multimediographer. You're shooting stills, you're doing a podcast, you're recording video, you're editing stuff, you're all over the place. When you see something like this, do you see a place for it in your workflow? Uh,
1: well, first of all, when it comes to Kickstarter, wearing journalist hat, I sort of knock it out because I uh, believe it when I see it when it hits when it's available as a product. Okay. Yeah. Then I get it's so much stuff that I just have to focus on what's re- what's real on that. Yeah. Um, the I just got the Olympus version of what you were just talking about it just came yesterday where you you plug it into the iPhone. and oh. it Lenses on it. Uh, it's similar to the DXO thing. Yeah. Uh, but you know why not bring your camera? out okay? every time you have one of these things. You're, throw, you're turning your iPhone into an SLR, basically. Why not just use your SLR? Yeah. You know? Um, you know it, the iPhone's great for taking snapshots outside on a nice day. You know? Yeah. camera can do so many wonderful things, and if you're going to turn your iPhone into a camera, then just shoot on the camera. Uh, this new camera we're talking about, I'll believe it when I see it. Let's see what the footage looks like.
0: I love it. Yeah, I always talk about the Iron Man suit. Like, you see like all these these different tools out there that allow you to strap it on your iPhone so that it you know you can do this in a steady cam and it's like you know iron man you know putting on his suit that you're putting all this stuff around your iPhone like why not just spend all that money and go buy a dedicated camera and I, now we, know,
1: you... I just reviewed something called the it case which is a tough case for the iPhone that is is waterproof or allegedly waterproof and they want to be GoPro. They want to be the GoPro of the iPhone world so badly. They've got all these little mounts. You know, you can mount it onto a bike. You can mount it onto here. You can have a tripod mount, and they're going to make all this money selling you mounts. Okay, so like we were talking about, where you put a GoPro on your helmet and you jump out of an airplane, if the GoPro screws up and falls, so what? You're like, bummer. Oh, well. Yeah. Uh, so what? if it's your iPhone and it's your life and it falls through the air, you're not going to be very happy. And I can tell you with this hit case thing, it filled up with water three times in a row.
0: Oh good. Now, It's
1: supposed to be waterproof, but it's not. And that was my iPhone 6 Plus. That was uh,
0: it. You know? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I hear you. That's a well, fundamental I hope you had flaw. That's, right? plus. That's, that's a fundamental flaw in, in, these, in these business models where you're like, OK, use your iPhone for everything. And, you know, you might need to get a call from your pregnant wife on it, too, so <laughs> it's okay. guinea, what about you, man? I mean, when you when you saw this thing, this Micro Four Thirds E1, the world's smallest Micro Four Thirds camera, to shoot 4K,
2: did you did you get excited? Uh, no, I did not, but there's two things. So, I'm a backer of three Indiegogo and Kickstarter f- campaigns for four things. Oh, okay, uh, good. And I got two out of three so far. Uh, so one is still ongoing and it's been delayed for a year. Uh, so it's kind of like, you know, pretty sad, but I'm hopeful. Uh, and I bought recently the Moment Lens, so another Kickstarter project, which I enjoy a lot. So, but but in general, I think that both Moment Lenses and e-camera, e-one camera and DxO are just kind of like a marginal pieces of equipment. And they would be lucky to sell 10 or 20,000 uh um, Units throughout like a year or two, because it seems like you have a market of people who are unsatisfied with their iPhones and want something else, and have a lot of income to spend on uh, on kind of like extra tools which may or may not work for them, uh, and especially like if they are not just toys but actually tools that will be helpful to them uh, and they would love them and they would use them months in and months out so I think a lot of those tools will ultimately fail like no I don't want to call any specific ones but I just think we're just going through a lot of innovation and a lot of just testing and uh, uh, trying different things so I hope that they will succeed enough so that we'll see like version 2 and version 3 uh, and so they will be, and, and I do invest my own money into some of those so that I, I want to see them succeed because, you know, without putting money in, well, there will be no second version, right? Totally, uh, yeah. That's why you have to buy Apple Watch even if you don't like it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Lee, Lee, you the Apple second watch, one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, so I want to transition this, this conversation a little bit. Uh, this is not in the notes, but I want to get your... Your your thoughts on this? So we see all this innovation. Like we we're talking about the DXO one. We're talking about this camera, this Z um, Micro Four th- or E one Micro Four Thirds camera. Um, GoPro with their new sessions that just came out a couple weeks ago. Their new form factor. So they're continuing to push that forward. Well, we're seeing the Panasonic pushing the the Micro Four Thirds format. You know, it goes on and on. Olympus, Fuji, all these guys are innovating and doing cool stuff, and it keeps the shows like this alive, and we're doing stuff, and, you know, it's exciting to talk about, and it's even more exciting to use this stuff and go out and make cool images. Sitting on the periphery, I feel like, are the big guys, and I want to know what's happening there. You know, Lee, Whatever. let's start with you. Whatever happened to Canon, right? Exactly. Canon and Nikon, all the, these parties are happening. It's like, it's like Burning Man is happening, and everyone's at Burning Man, and, and they're, like, you know, sitting at home watching Netflix. What's, go, what's going on? Lee, what's happening?
3: Well, if you remember the last time I was on, I believe, was it Nikon who came up for a camera for your dog? So, <laughs> you know, you, you can't say that they're not innovating.
0: Yeah, just, like I said, sitting on the couch watching Netflix. Bad Netflix.
3: It, <laughs> Yeah. You know, what? let's let's let let's 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 try and be diplomatic, and let's I'm going to try and be diplomatic, and I'm going to try and be nice, and let's say it's one of those things where if you're small and you're nimble, it's quick to turn around, it's easy to just you know rotate and things like that. Whereas Canon and, and Nikon are like you know oil tankers; it takes them ten miles just to stop, and then another twenty miles to turn around, and by the time they've done that, we're using solar energy already, so we don't need the fuel in there.
0: So you're giving them a pass. You're giving them a pass for that. It sounds like you're in high school and you're grading I, on a curve.
3: <laughs> I'm I'm saying I I'm saying it's it's not easy, but I don't think we should give them a pass because it it's been quite a few years now and we still haven't seen what their response is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I wonder, is Sony smaller than Canon? Did I miss something?
0: Uh no, very well good point. Very good their point DI group is, but Sony itself isn't. Their DI group is. Okay. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, what do you think, Jeff? Well, so, armchair quarterback this for us. Why? why? What should they do, and why haven't they made a move? Is, are they, like, building some secret weapon in their underground labs that they're going to unleash and revolutionize the camera space tomorrow, or what? Three or four years ago, Canon came out
1: with their first mirrorless camera, and it wouldn't focus. And <laughs> I don't think we've really heard one from them. Either they're making so much money with the 5D and their SLRs that they don't care, or they're leaderless. I mean... It's, it's one or the other, right? Yeah. They yeah. just. Don't care. I mean, but I've been told, you know, not on the record, but off the record, that SLR sales are way down. This, year. that they're down like 30 percent. Is, is that what you guys are hearing?
0: Um, I don't know. I haven't heard that at all. But I don't. I, I haven't heard either way.
1: Know. The, the iPhone. I mean, you know, people aren't buying cameras like they used to because they yeah. got the iPhone. And uh, now uh, well, they're smartphones.
3: I I, I had an interesting conversation with with someone from one of those two big manufacturers a while back, and they told me that in the last five years, in a particular geo, their point-and-shoot sales had dropped from something like 20 million units to 2 million units.
1: Mm. Yeah, well, that wouldn't surprise
3: Uh, Yeah. 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 That's more, you know, the iPhone's killing more the... I think people still see DSLRs and go, "Oh, that's a professional camera. Wow, you must really know what you're doing." Yeah. Um, so I, th- I think there is still a big market there. But yeah, it's I think I think it's almost like they're they're BlackBerry. I think they've got their heads in the sand and they don't think there's a problem.
0: I was going to say Kodak, but BlackBerry works too. So
1: <laughs> yeah. how hard how hard really could it be to, to sell a point-and-shoot that has Wi-Fi in it? that's easy to use. How hard could that be?
0: Yeah, on Nikon side with a, with an F-mount, you know, it's, come on, dudes, come on. Yevgeny, what about you? Armchair quarterback this for us. Why why no innovation out of these guys?
2: Uh, I think they're just too big, you know, and uh, when you're too big, you may not notice those things. It just, or even you notice those things, you're not in a position to change those things. Yeah. So, uh or maybe it's a cultural thing and you know I was always thinking that all the big innovation will be coming from uh, California anyway Uh, and seeing uh, Lightro and some other startups trying to build something in that space whether they fail or succeed that's a whole different matter but at least trying to reinvent the whole uh, imaging aspect of that and like even Kodak right so this is kinda like something that um, Americans been doing for for decades, just kind of like trying new things that, uh, whereas, you know, you, you switch from 5D uh, to 5D Mark II, and, like, not much changes, you yeah. know, or. You, a lot changed, a lot changed. We have OK, been... OK, from Mark II to Mark III, whatever. Like, there's always there is always oh, a newer camera, no, and it's, like, no. three grams lighter, and two no. uh, megapixels Mark, more. The Mark
1: III, yeah. Yes. That that was
2: no change. Okay, and, and like th- there's always like those generation cameras that change just so slightly. And actually, uh, uh, a couple of years back, I had this question, and I went to DP Review and I looked at 10 years of uh, one point shoot camera, and it just the only thing that changed is the megapixel count. Like the That's size it. was the same, the se- uh, the sensor increased, but the zoom was the same, the brightness of the lens was the same. And just like what is going on? Like you add Wi-Fi in five years and you add five megapixels to the to the sensor and like you sell it for more? <laughs> like what is
1: going on? Let's be, Let's be fair for a minute. If you if any of the listeners out out, out there right now go and buy a hundred and fifty dollar to two hundred and shoot, two hundred dollar point and shoot from Canon. Nikon, Sony, whatever, you will have a 20x zoom. It will not have a 3x zoom like it used to. It'll be way better, it'll have more megapixels. You're actually getting a really, really nice point-and-shoot camera at this point.
2: Way better than you would have a few years ago. Yeah, why do you need it? That's the point. It's kind of like uh, the convenience in in that market trumps anything else. Uh, If you go
1: on vacation and you're shooting pictures on your iPhone, you have no zoom. If you're shooting with a point-and-shoot, you have a zoom and a better sensor.
0: So Jeff, do you think you do you think there's still life in the point and shoot market though? Cuz you know, everything I'm seeing is point and shoots are I mean, at least in the United States, point and shoots are are dead and dying or yeah, no, I don't they're think they're already there, gone. I think there
1: should be, but I don't think consumers are going to pay for it. Yeah. The yeah. ease of taking pictures on smartphones and uploading them from anywhere you anywhere you are trumps the fact that there's no zoom and you know I got everybody here has one of these little accessory lenses
0: you know, like a Olo clip. Yeah. This
1: is the Olo clip and there's so many of them and you know for a hundred dollars you can bring a zoom lens with you and throw it on your iPhone.
2: Yeah. yeah. Actually Frederick I think you made a really nice point saying that in US market and there's obviously a lot of other markets where uh, people don't make as much money uh, and the iPhones are not as widespread and people have flip phones uh, yeah. or like really uh, entry smartphones with shitty cameras. I don't yeah. know if I can say that on the air. Yeah, You can say it, it's okay. So, <laughs> and uh, point and shoot are still selling, right? It's just that the market is not, uh, is not the United States and it's probably not Europe uh, and most likely it's... Uh, uh, you know, like Asia, Russia, Eastern Europe, uh, parts of Africa, South America, where people just use that uh, as their main camera.
0: Yeah, but I, so. I would argue that, yeah, that's true, I mean, I would, I would. that sounds plausible, but I would also say that they're not gonna be in that state forever, right? Absolutely, yeah, and so they, like, go, yeah. Yeah, they will, they will, they're just a little bit behind other countries and they'll catch up and soon Smart or the the point and shoots will die there too. So are these manufacturers of the smart? Are these of these uh, point and shoots? Are they just preying on the?
2: You know what's that's left. That's like yeah, that's like a cash cow for the next three, four, five years. Uh, yeah, and, cool. and, and boom, it's gone. Right. And everybody has either Android or iPhone. That's it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: You guys talk about
0: like the size of Nikon and Canon and companies like that. That it's it's too large for them to turn. Therefore, they don't innovate or whatever. I, the vision I get in my head is Jabba the Hutt. You remember remember Jabba the Hutt oh, from Star oh, Wars? Oh, exactly! Oh. He had all his people around him and he couldn't move. He was on a platform. You know, and ultimately who killed him? Princess Leia. You
3: know, so.
0: But
1: clearly but, the males aren't as bad as we think they are because if they were then they would move.
3: Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, think, I think also another, I mean, a comparison that I make very often, uh, particularly with Canon, because I went from Canon to Sony was if you have a 3, that was the, and still is for a lot of people, the quintessential DSLR for video. Yep. And yet, it doesn't have focus peaking, it doesn't have zebras. For the first couple of years, it wouldn't output like the full res bit rate from the HDMI and all that kind of stuff. And then I got the Sony, and I got the GH4, and they've got just simple things like focus peaking and zebras, which are really useful for videographers but Canon wants to keep those in their cinema line so they don't want to cannibalize the 5D line. And I always look at that and then look at Apple. Yeah. And Apple's attitude is always, if someone's going to cannibalize our market, let it be us. Yeah, yeah. Whereas Interesting. It, it feels like Canon doesn't, you know, they're, they're scared of putting these relatively, you know, semi-decent features into... Their entry level line because they think then people won't get the cinema line. And Sony
1: does a video line too. Yeah,
3: exactly. Yes, and and, and and Sony doesn't seem to worry about that because I mean, as soon as I've got enough money, trust me, I'll be buying their more expensive cameras yeah. too.
0: Yeah. though no, the A7s is more fun to use. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're like Lee. You're talking about buying those the those high end like real news oh, gathering yeah. Oh yeah. baby. Yeah, yeah, the shoulder mount ones. All right, guys, we're gonna take a quick break. Mm. After this break, we're gonna. I'm gonna put it to you guys. You're going to share, hopefully, your picks of the week with the This Week in Photo listening and viewing audiences. So, stand by. This episode is brought to you by lynda.com, the online training platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. For a free 10-day trial, just visit lynda.com twip. That's lynd dot T-W-I-P. Now, lynda.com is for problem solvers, creative people, or just people who wanna make things happen. Maybe you wanna master Excel or learn negotiation tactics or build a website or even boost your Photoshop skills. Just go to lynda.com and feed your curious mind. Lynda.com offers a ton of courses on Lightroom, Photoshop, and the Adobe Creative Cloud, and many on just getting inspired or re-inspired about your photography. With a Lynda.com membership, you can watch and learn from top experts who are passionate about teaching, and you can stream thousands of video courses on demand and learn at your own schedule. And courses are structured so that you can watch them from start to finish, or you can consume them in bite-sized pieces. You can even download tutorials and watch them on the go from your iOS or Android device. Your lynda.com membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics, all for one flat rate. So whether you're looking to become an industry expert, you're passionate about a hobby, or just want to learn something new, visit lynda.com twip and sign up for your free 10-day trial. That's l-y-n-d-a dot twip. All right, folks, let's jump into our Picks of the Week segment. Remember, you guys can pick anything to recommend to the TWIP army as long as it is somehow related to photography. Jefferson Graham, I'm going to let you go first, man. You are the new guy. You haven't been on in, what, a couple years? What's your pick of the week?
1: I think I'm going to have to go with the GoPro session. It's qualified, but if you do anything – now. That's the new GoPro camera, the smallest, lightest, blah, blah, blah camera they have ever come out with. It's like a little cube. It sells for $400. The beauty of this camera is underwater. Now, anything anything with water, anything that you don't worry about, because the old GoPros you had to put in housing, this camera you could just throw in the water, and it's a joy to use. And it's, it's different. You turn it on, it goes on. It starts recording. And then you turn it. You know, your your shutter button turns it on and off. So it's, it takes a while to get used to it, but it's a lot of fun to play with.
0: Love it, love it. And I'm skipping around in the notes here. Just realized we, we need to do our listener Q and A. So we're going to do our listener Q and A after this pick of the week segment. Lee, since we're doing this already, what's your pick of the week?
3: Uh, my pick of the week. First of all, full disclosure: I write for an online a couple of online magazines. One of them is F Stop Lounge. And my pick is F-Stuff Lounge's Fiji workshop. So um, they have organized an amazing photography workshop in Fiji in October. And if you go to the website over the next eight days or so, they're actually giving away a free spot, all expenses paid. So they will cover your flights and accommodation and the three-day workshop to Fiji.
1: That's quite a pick.
3: I need that. Off you
0: go. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> I'd need that. Can I go and audit it? You think and just kind of like
3: cover it for? time hey, I'll put you in touch with with the editors. Let's see what we can make happen.
0: Yeah. Hey, make it happen. Cool. Awesome. So, F Stop Lounges Fiji Photography Workshop. Jefferson has the GoPro sessions. Yevgeny Chibadorov. What's your pick?
2: And you know, Lee, I, I know a lot of really talented people are going to that Fiji workshop. So I'm really jealous. Whoever's gonna win that. <laughs> really jealous. Me too. Both location and the and the uh, the crowd that's gonna be there, and I talked to a few people. It's just gonna be amazing. So oh, okay. oh, oh, you see, I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but for uh, for my pick of the week, uh, it's gonna be full disclosure. Fire pixel related. Mm. Uh, we are relaunching the whole new design uh, pretty soon, and the whole new iOS app. Uh, so with this, we also launched a special promo with Blurup. Uh, and you probably know Blurup they are your customized uh, uh, personal photo book uh, mm-hmm. store. and I used to uh, print quite a bunch of books that I would give as, uh, as gifts to my friends. Uh, so if you pay 25 bucks a year for a plus account, you'll also get $25 Blurup coupon that you can send uh, for your personal book. So basically you get uh, the account for free. And um, that's uh, only for this month, so it's a limited time offer. And uh, wait a minute. Should... So wait,
0: wait, wait. So I'm doing some math here. So I could theoretically get the get the Blur book uh, and get get my Plus account for free, and then if I use my Twipfan15 coupon, you, where does you, that
2: you, go in? You, Do you, you like, send me money or what? <laughs> Uh, I think we will figure out the infinite economy loop where you just <laughs> input $5 and you get 10 back that's and, what it, and it goes on forever and you just going to get more and more money hey, That's um, what I'm looking for I'm trying to find that loop that, That's what's gonna save the economy
0: Love it, love it. So people can get that discount at 500px.com slash upgrade, right?
2: Yep, yeah, so no coupon needed, and if you use TwipFan15, you'll get extra 15% off.
0: Awesome, very cool. All right, real quick, uh, fan of the show, or actually a Twip host, one of our new hosts, uh, has this new book out, Rick Salmon's Creative Visualization for Photographers. Awesome book. It's a very easy read. I think it's... Rick has... I don't know some like a million books out. I think that's probably one of his best books yet. So definitely check that out. It's called Rick Salmon's Creative Visualization for Photographers. And keep an eye on the Twip Network because his he's and Juan Pons's podcast will be launching on the Twip Network very soon. Very soon. It's called the Digital Photography Experience. So lots of stuff happening over here. This episode of TWiP is brought to you by Panasonic Lumix cameras and the new Lumix G7 4K mirrorless interchangeable lens camera. This hybrid camera puts the power of 4K video and photography into the hands of all of us. Hybrid is when you mix stills and video and now with the 4K photo features built into the Lumix G7, you can turn your 4K videos into high resolution photos with just the touch of the screen. And because the camera can record 4K at up to 30 frames per second, you'll never miss a photo moment ever again. And with its groundbreaking depth from defocusing technology, you'll achieve super fast track focusing that rivals some of the best DSLRs in the world. And add to this that the camera is controllable from a smartphone app, and you end up with a camera that's changing photography for all of us. Find out more about this new camera over at LumixLounge.com and follow at LumixUSA on Twitter for updates. All right, guys, uh, let's uh, let's do our listener Q and A. This is an interesting question. This is why I didn't want to make sure I want to make sure we didn't skip this because this is for you, Yevgeny. Um, this week's question is from Andrew Slater. He says, "500px recently released an app for model and property releases. I was wondering if you guys are going to review the app and provide any opinions. I have not tried the app, so why don't you give us an overview of what it what it is?" Getting... Oh, I
2: thought you would uh, give some feedback on that app.
0: No, I haven't <laughs> tried it yet.
2: I, this is the first I've heard of it. I want to try it after so, the show. Yeah. What happened is that we, uh, you know, we launched Prime, where you can license your photos, make money and we looked at other model release apps that are out there and they are 10 bucks, 12 bucks, 14 bucks each and they haven't been updated since the first or second iPhone came out basically since the launch of the App Store. They looked really ugly and they cost a fortune and we're like uh, we can probably do a really nice free model release and property release app that is optimized for uh, iPhones and iPads and, uh, and that's what we did. So this, this is a free app. Uh, it uses the standard model release template. Uh, you don't have to use it for Prime, but it's specifically optimized for Prime, so uh, makes uh, your releases fully uh, legal and fully compliable with our service. But mm-hmm. you can use it for other uh, licensed services as well, so like, there's no ob- obviously obligation to use it there. Um, and that's it. It works for iPhone, iPad, uh, totally free, and you can search Firendex releases in the App Store. And uh, I mean, it works pretty well. It generates you PDF uh, form. You sign it with your, uh, with your finger, and you give it to the model or the, the property owner. They sign it with their finger, uh, put some details in it, and it generates PDF that you can send over uh, and just uh, supply when you need it. Super Perfect. simple, uh, and it works. <laughs>
0: Uh, Jeff, Jeff, do you you're out in the field shooting from time yeah. to time? Do you ever find yourself in need of a model release? Uh, would you use an app like this?
1: Uh, I yeah, I would. As journalists, we don't just we don't generally do releases. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I was, that would be great because um, who has a printer by
3: their side?
0: I know, I know. Or you keep a bunch of paper in your bag. I know. Lee Herbert is probably downloading the app right now.
3: So <laughs> uh, no, I've actually I, I've been using it. Oh, nice! What do you think yeah, of it? Yeah, yeah. No, it's great. I, I, uh, Evgeny, I did have um, one of the older ones that has not been updated, um, and as soon as yours came out, I was like, yeah, this is better. Let's go with this. Very cool. It just Very looks free. nicer. Yeah, it <laughs> just looks nicer.
0: <laughs> All right. It's on my list to download after the show. Love it. Cool. Awesome. Well, thanks. Thanks for putting that out, Evgeny, and making it free. No, you You welcome. All right, guys. Uh, we're at the end of the show. Uh, before we sign off, Lee, what do you have coming up other than changing diapers and uh, n- and losing sleep?
3: Um, well, I've got, um, I've got some workshops coming up in the next couple of months. So if anyone wants to go to capturingpassion.com and head over to the training section, you can see um, the workshops that I've got coming up. Mainly are the ones for teaching uh, f- photographers, but anyone who wants to learn how to improve their video production skills and editing skills, come on down. Um, so we're doing those in Melbourne and in Sydney, and not that anyone can join this, but I'm shooting a, a couple of short films in the next few months, which should be a lot of fun. I'm doing one with um, a whole bunch of stuntmen, which is going to be really cool. So there's going to be a lot of park parkour and jumping around and fight scenes, and I'm I'm really looking forward to to direct being the director of photography on that.
0: Very cool. Yeah, I'm a you know just little known fact. I am a parkour sort of expert, and I uh, you know I'm running around San Francisco from time to time. Evgeny, while you're there, just look up. You may see me jumping across buildings. You know. So that was you. <laughs> that was me. That was me. Yeah. I kid. I kid. Um, as if I had to say I kid. <laughs> <So> <laughs> uh, Evgeny, what about you, man? What's what do you have coming up?
2: Uh, so from the personal things. Uh myself and uh, Michael Bonacore, that some of you might know, yeah. uh, we are heading to Iceland and shooting a short uh, movie uh, about uh, the guy who is known in circles as Mr. Iceland uh, because he's responsible for more than half of the uh, uh, top Icelandic images that are on Foreign pixels. So it's gonna be a lot of fun and uh, we're just, like, writing a script and, um, you know, all this uh, putting things together, so it's going to be chaos, uh, but really exciting in early August. So I'll be periscoping live from a lot of places uh, while we're struggling and, uh, you know, painfully looking for all the Magic places uh, in Iceland. So it
0: should be fun. I love it. I love it. Hey, look, while you're in Iceland, look up Rebecca Gudlustadir. She's uh, she's been on Twip a couple of times. I'll I'll connect you with her. But she's uh, she's local to Iceland.
2: Really? And,
0: oh. Yeah, and she's uh, she's she's prolific on Twi- on um, on Flickr and also her own site for doing sort of these multiplicity type images where she appears in the image multiple times in nice. cool places around Iceland. Yeah. So so. Yeah, I'll hook you up with her. You should meet her girl. All right. Last but not least, or second to last but not least, Mr. Jefferson Graham. What do you have coming up other than making awesome episodes of Talking Tech?
1: Yeah. Well, check me out on Stitcher and tune in every day. We got a daily show every day. The live show is Thursday at five o'clock Pacific. We're going to do the show this week at VidCon, which is the Video Creators Convention. It's really a YouTube convention. Twenty thousand people will be invading Anaheim. Anybody who makes online video is there. Uh, primarily the YouTube stars, the young YouTube stars that attract a lot of fourteen-year-old girls screaming, yelling, looking photographs. Um, and I will be doing a bunch of interviews there, so that'll be fun. My review of Hit Case will be out this week. The, uh, the, the iPhone, the tough iPhone case that's supposedly waterproof, and I'm also looking at the Action Life Media MCAM cam Lite. Which is a really nice case for iPhoneographers who like to make video because it's got a 37 millimeter mount and you can screw in lenses. From Schneider.
0: It's that Iron Man suit again for the iPhone. <laughs> that nice. sounds
1: like a dream. Yeah. <laughs> pretty cool. Um, what else? Uh, that, I think those are the highlights for this week.
0: That's cool, man, and congratulations on all your success with your with your show. It seems like you guys are on fire down there, and you're doing some good stuff, so Thank you congrats. Very much. Thanks for taking the time to come on this show. I'm happy to be here, thanks for being on my show last week. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. And thanks, Yevgeny, and Lee, also, for coming on the show. It's always a pleasure chatting with you guys. You guys always make me look good, you know, by surrounding myself with people smarter than me, so thanks for coming on.
2: So how oh. was the slide? <laughs>
0: all right listeners we are at the end of another episode of this week in photo a huge thanks to our sponsors and that's panasonic lumix cameras Linda.com, and FreshBooks for their support of the show and also be sure to check out our website over at thisweekinphoto.com and with that it's time to take that lens cap off